This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. back in you were listening to the august 25th 2017 edition of the fantasy football mailbag a road of his podcast we're dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions i'm your host jeremy hart at fantasy gumshoe joining me today on the show is the owner of dynasty one fantasy the co-host of the dynasty one podcast and a man that wears many hats these days you can find him on the tweets sticking to sports of course at carl safchik that's carl with a k and Saf with a check, it's great to have you back on the mailbag show. Or I guess on the mailbag. This is the first appearance, isn't it, Carl? Man, how I dude, I I don't know. I've I've done a lot of Rotoviz radio shows. Uh, I think this is is this the first time we both got to talk to each other on a podcast? That's kind yeah, of yeah, ridiculous. It is, it is. But I mean, at least there's a first for everything. And we're bringing Carl in and the and the staff check all at the same. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Time. <laughs> you know, I heard you say August twenty fifth, and I'm doing my math, and I forgot we're literally podcasting from the past right now. Oh, geez, what is the actual day? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess, you see, you threw me a curveball there. I guess it is going to be August 25th, right? Do yeah, I have the day well, right? Yeah, well, it will be when you release this, but right now we're like back to the future. We're uh, recording this at a date previous to August 25th. Oh, man, well, if it's anything like back to the future, too, we're in we're in a whole heap of trouble here, Carl. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and move on there because we're we're with Carl Stick to Sports here and <laughs> yeah yeah okay today we're gonna answer all the questions for the week regarding dynasty trades best ball ADP redraft outlooks all that good and fun jazz right Carl but before we dive in you recently wrote about the importance of the preseason the preseason is well underway here and uh, many have an opposite stance potentially here so I guess what are you taking away from the preseason as you watch what's happening out on the field and what uh, importance you gleam out of it. Yeah, so sure. So that article that I wrote, uh, the first few sentences, I just basically laid out the amount of games that each organ, each, uh, sport plays. I mean, in, in hockey and in basketball, you're playing, playing, uh, 82 games a year. In baseball, you're playing 162 games a year. In football, you're only playing 16. So, I mean, even one game being a small sample size, you're forced to make it into a big sample size. So, I mean, all these little tiny bits of information we could get, preseason being one of them, you have to take that into consideration. I mean, if you just closed your eyes and closed your ears for the preseason, you would think that maybe Blake Bortles could still have a decent fantasy football year. You would think that 
Kenny Galladay is a late fourth round pick in dynasty rookie drafts. You would think that Samaj Pirine has nothing wrong with him. Uh, so yeah, people say that they don't care about the preseason. I think they do. I think people actually pay attention. I'm just kind of shining the light on, hey guys, we do, do need to pay attention. Yeah, you mentioned Kenny Galladay being a fourth-round draft pick here, uh, third or fourth-round pick traditionally up until the preseason here. Of course, Kenny Galladay is a guy quickly moving up draft boards. So what do you foresee for Kenny G, as I like to call him in the short and long term, and what's the appropriate price tag? Well, coincidentally with my preseason piece, um, I I spoke up on Kenny Galladay thinking that he's a buy despite the hype. Um, I put a... Twitter poll out uh, the the night of the two-touchdown game and asked, who would you rather have, Kenny Galladay or Samaj P. Ryan? And I think like 70% of people preferred Kenny Galladay. Now, mm. that might be a little bit of like, bi- like bias as the, as the two-touchdown game just happened, but Samaj P. Ryan was going late first in mm-hmm. like every rookie draft. Kenny Galladay was going late third in every rookie draft. So, that that stuff matters, even if it's just perception, it matters. Uh Personally, I would take him probably early second. I'm still taking Njoku and Ross and Zay Jones over Kenny Galladay, but but he, he he's made his case to be uh even just that one preseason game. These are the small sample sizes that need to be taken into consideration. Um I'll probably take him early to mid-second in a rookie draft. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Kenny G. I definitely think he's a buy. I mentioned last week on the show with Matt, he mentioned the second round tag as well, and I went as far, and people think I'm crazy for this as as at the late late first mark, because what to your point, you're comparing him to the P Ryan's of the world, the Njoku's, the OJ Howards, and it's certainly not outside the realm of possibilities that this time next year he is kind of uh, catapulted above the Marvin Jones, who, who was not as good of a prospect coming out from an overall profile perspective here. So even though yes, it seems like an overreaction to the preseason. I think it was just that the entire market was simply too down on Kenny Galladay coming out, whether it was because of the the uh, late breakout profile, so to speak, when you really can't hold that against Kenny G, right, because it was ultimately him transferring from school and not being able to play the 2014 season. So that's one of those situations where you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt and say, this dude can play. And I think yeah, he, and he broke play. out. I mean, he had a decent season when he was 19. Uh, and he's a, he's a great prospect as far as athleticism goes. Uh, just fast, big. I mean, not, he, he ran a 4.540, but I mean, for being a 6'4, 218 guy, that's, that's, that's a pretty fast 40. Um, decent burst, big catch radius, agility scores, uh, uh, above average. So, yeah. And, and to think that he went before, Guys like Samaj P. Ryan and, um, it wasn't Kareem Hunt. There was another running back that, oh, uh, uh, the kid from, um, what is it? Joe Williams, the kid from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he went before these guys and he, and he plays a position that is more important than running back. So when these guys are going in a late first, early second, uh, you got to think that the player who went before them, who plays a position more important than running back, at least in Dynasty, and in most people's mind. I mean, if you're going zero RB, which most people have some swarm, some form of zero RB at this point, and he's already showing out in preseason while those other two aren't, uh, you, you got to think that, that having him above those two is reasonable at the very least. 
Yeah, and another guy that we got a chance uh, potentially to, well, I should say, Carl, I have not had a chance to see any Philadelphia Eagles snaps here as we record on Thursday evening. But the word on the street is Wendell Smallwood potentially is in line for the lead back role here. So maybe you've seen some of that more more of that game than I have so far today here. But so what's your take on the Philly backfield? Donnell Pumphrey's in the mix there as well. Does Donnell Pumphrey look more like an NFL football player or an assistant manager at Hot Topic to you? <laughs> um, I'm not a big Donnell Pumphrey fan. He's not athletic in the least, and that's being fa- that's being probably generous to him. Uh, look, I still like Legarrette Blunt. I Wendell Smallwood did look better than Legarrette Blunt tonight. He looked better than him probably most of the preseason, if not during training camp too. Uh, I'm a believer in talent. I think that LeGarrette Blunt was good last year. A lot of that had to do with the offense he was on, obviously. I'm, I'm not going to say otherwise, but, uh, I think that he made a lot of, a lot of those things happen last year. A lot of the stats, I think, need to be attributed to him. Now, the Eagles aren't going to have a fullback on their roster this year, and I think that that's a, that, that's going to hurt LeGarrette Blunt. Um, but I still have high hopes for him. I still think that he's worth a, where, where's he going right now in redraft? Eighth, ninth round, if that. I think that's a very good pickup late. Um, Wendell Smallwood, I, I'm not a big believer in, but he's, you know, I, I, I prepared for the show before I watched the Eagles game tonight. So he, he's definitely has, has me coming around. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I like to do, uh, especially when we're talking about the Kenny G's and the, and the Wendell Smallwoods of the world, is I like to see, at least from a dynasty perspective, where these guys are falling in the overall market value uh, perspective there. And a, a good way to do that is head over to rotaviz.com, take out the Dynasty uh, ADP app. There's also the trade calculator on there. And it's not just a trade calculator per se, but it's also essentially estimating the overall market value of said player because it's literally taking uh, the, the values and the draft positions on both startup and rookie drafts there and kind of taking that into account. And if you do that, more recently, uh, like now, you can get a 30% discount to that Rotoviz NFL Pass. All you have to do is go to rotaviz.com, of course, click on the podcast page, uh, sign up there, and we'll get you 30% off. It's very simple to do. It's very easy. You're going to get access to all the tools and resources that we have available on the site at 30% off. You cannot beat that price. Uh, also, go ahead and rate us on iTunes. That's the Rotoviz Radio channel. Do that, and you'll be eligible to compete against Rotoviz podcasters and writers in a $35 entry best ball league hosted by our friends over at the FFPC. The winner of each league will receive a year-long Verotaviz pass on top of the cash prize. Again, just go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then email us at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Let us know that you want in the Rotoviz League, uh, the boss league, and we will go ahead and get that done. All right, Carl, let's get funky. Here we go. Hold Ranger. on. Before we, before we get funky, can I, can, I, <laughs> can I do something? Can I say something really quick about that 30% off? I mean, you must. Do, do what I do. Here's a life hack. Do what I do. Spend money on things that are good. Don't even get the 30% off. Just pay for it. It's so worth it. Like, don't go to McDonald's 10 times a day and get, like, the dollar menu. Buy a $30 steak every now and then because it's so worth it. Just go pay full price for Rotoviz. That's what I do. You know, Carl, I think I will pay you the difference in that 30% after the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we really appreciate the kind words. All right, Carl. Funky time. Funky time. Let's get funky. All right, redraft, .5 PPR, can start three wide receivers and a flex. 
Gumshoes, love the pod every Friday. Having a difficult time deciding between two groups of players ranked similarly on ESPN. How would you all rank determine, or how would you all rank this, determine who to pick and what plays into the, into the decision? So I guess, Carl, he's saying that we need to not only answer him, but we also have to explain our reasoning on this. And I guess since he called me Gumshoes with a Z, we can go ahead and give him that much. So well, here, and I figured it was, I figured it was man's when I saw that it, he spelled it that way. Yeah, you could very well be on to something there. All right, we've got Ty Montgomery, Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Christian McCaffrey for the first group here. I'll go McCaffrey, but I don't – the thing is, I would I would have easily gone Ty Montgomery before, like, recently, and he's dealing with that sickle cell, and it's just starting to scare me. Uh, he's dealing with a lot of injuries, and when you have the sickle cell trait, I don't I, – I'm not very well researched on – but – he, John Brown, they just scare me a lot this year, and they drafted two running backs. They're obviously going to be a pass-first team. So I'm I'm kind of avoiding him, even though he was like such a buy for me a few weeks ago. Um, So between the three rookie running backs, and we're talking about redraft, I don't love any of them for redraft, although I do love them for dynasty. I'm going to go McCaffrey. I, I think that he has feature back potential. I still really like Jonathan Stewart. I think he's going to play in, but also Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard are going to play in for Mixon. And Dalvin Cook, even if he has problems with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, he probably won't. He's still going to have a lot of problems with that O-line. So I'm going to go McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in Ty Montgomery and that. I've Man, I've been kind of all in on him for the past month, but now that new information has been shed upon us here, you, you have to take it into account. And I think we don't have enough details here that there's enough red flags here to kind of move away from him. Um, I can see McCaffrey. For me, I think I'll go the Dalvin Cook side. I just think from a schedule perspective this year, uh, I think the talent difference between him and the other running backs on the roster is a little bit wider compared to the, the Mixon versus, you know, the Geos and Hills or McCaffrey versus Jay Stew. So I think it's Dalvin for me but if you're going if you're chasing upside i think mccaffrey's definitely the play all right carl the next group here is tyreek hill stefan diggs pierre garcon martavis bryant and brandon marshall so i think the uh the moral of the story is don't trust espn ranks uh go over to rotobiz or four for four or anything like that uh i'm gonna go digs of this group i like ty i like buying tyreek for trade value later on in the season. I don't think I want to ride the whole season with Tyreek on my roster. I'm going to go Diggs, and I don't know why Garcon is in this group because normally I've seen him lower, but I love him from like an ADP standpoint when I do see him lower than this group. B-Marsh would be last for me, even though I like him as a receiver. It's just a very crowded receiver core. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I think I can interchange Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs on this one, uh, just because, you know, they're, they're both going to get that, that share of the target volume. Diggs now officially, uh, moved outside, according to the coaches there with Thielen going into the slot. Um, so I, I think it's a tit for tat, uh, between Tyreek and Diggs on this one. And that's a very unrotavisian thing to say, actually liking Tyreek. But I just think from a volume perspective, the fact that they're not going to be using him on special teams, they just kind of, they're, they're going to be force feeding the ball to him because quite frankly, they have to. And yeah, Pierre Garcon should be going about a round and a half after these guys. So he doesn't belong 
quite on this list, at least uh, in terms of redraft ADP. Hari Carl, another redraft, 0.5 PPR. I'm playing in an eight-team league with a crazy number of starters. You can start three quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers, and three tight ends, and a flex. Have to throw that flex in there when you could start three everywhere else. <laughs> Six bench in two IR. What would you be, uh, what would be your draft strategy in this snake draft? Would you go heavy on tight end or QB due to supply? Love the show, especially the numbers game. Keep up the good work, Carl. I do great job on the numbers game. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would go QB, 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 just as long as I could. Um, obviously, well, okay, I wouldn't take it first five rounds, but um, that's. I mean, yeah, you're only 18, but you're starting third. What is that? Is that a uh, 16? That's 24. So, okay. So, yeah, you're about a regular two QB league at that point. Um, so quarterbacks are huge. Tight ends are going to get a big bump. I'm assuming if this is like a home league, maybe they don't realize that, but. It's just such a weird, and I love weird league formats, don't get me wrong, but it's such a weird league format that you're going to need QBs. They're just going to be so huge in this format. Yeah, see, the way I'm looking at this is, and I, I'm right there with you, that it seems like this, you know, it's clearly a home league, like, uh, who cr- goes in and creates a league? You know what? I just want to start three at every position and, and <laughs> along those lines. And I could be completely off base here, but it, I definitely think people are just going to be hammering QBs early. So I would actually hammer tight ends early. It's normally a onesie position. Go ahead and get all three of those boss hog early tight ends, even if it's, you know, three of the top five or something like that. Still get your three QBs, come back to the QBs, and, and, you know, everybody should have a backup, and that's 32 QBs. So I think you can still, because of the fact that you're playing three, uh, you know, you can play matchups, maybe maybe take one early pick on a QB, uh, but wait for the value and pummel the tight ends is kind of the way I would look at that one, but I see where you're coming from as well. All right, Carl, what is the most interesting thing about you that we might not know? So this was kind of difficult for me only because, as you know, if if people are listening that don't know me, I'm, I'm fairly open. I'm pretty my, – my whole life is pretty open on Twitter, on social media. So um, one thing that I don't talk about a lot is the fact that about a month ago I started doing yoga, do it two nights a week. I just bought a yoga yoga mat tonight. I was using the gym yoga mats before, so I like kind of went all in tonight by buying my own yoga mat, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I have always worked out a lot, but this is this is a completely different workout. It's not only just like working out muscles that you never knew you had, but it's also very spiritual, or at least the one that I've been going to is, and um, it, it's definitely eye opening. I really really like it. Not only is it eye-opening and a good experience, Carl, but I think the pro move that you did was upgrade from the gym ones and actually get your own mat. Yeah. That's got to be the pro move in all this. Absolutely. It's It's been something that, you know, you, you think you're macho when you when you lift, you know, when you go on the bench press. And I've, I've done that for 15 years and, you know, try to impress everybody by putting as much weight on as you can. But you go into that yoga room and you're no match for the for the 40-year-old women in there that already know what they're doing. 100%. 
All right, Carl. Redraft or Dynasty? I'm not sure. It doesn't actually say for this question. So I'm going to assume this one's Dynasty. What options would you suggest for trading away Le'Veon Bell? What kind of package should I try to get as he's clearly a top three guy? When I hear package, I think more than one thing. I don't want that with Le'Veon Bell. I want a one-for-one deal. And if we're treating this as a Dynasty, there's probably five or six wide receivers I prefer. I could even talk myself into... Michael Thomas, but I would try to get like an Amari Cooper or a Mike Evans or a even you can even talk me into Julio Jones. Uh, obviously, I'd rather have Antonio Brown. Uh, Odell Beckham is the the queen chess piece of the dynasty world. If it's redraft, the only player I'd rather have is David Johnson, and even that's pretty close. So you, you when you have a really good piece like Le'Veon Bell, you don't want a package. There, there's really, there's not much you can talk me into that's going to be a lesser player and another lesser player for Le'Veon Bell. I want to do straight up swap, give me an elite wide receiver. Let me give you a hypothetical. Uh, sure. A little bit of a hypothetical here. Suffering, <laughs> sucker tash. Theoretical. <laughs> exactly. So let's say you're on what's Ultimately now, just a, a, a rebuild potential, right? You, you, somehow sure. you have Le'Veon Bell on your roster, uh, but you got a whole bunch of crap everywhere else, right? So mm-hmm. clearly the play is to, to move Le'Veon Bell. Maybe this guy is in that situation. Maybe the Amari Cooper isn't up for trade. What if you were to get somebody like Le'Veon Bell for Christian McCaffrey, Stephon Diggs, and uh, a two, let's say? Would, would that be enough for you to trade a Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I don't know if my sigh made it on air or not. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like that. I do. I would probably rather have that side in, in a rebuild, but I'm, I'm just trying to shoot higher. I got uh, you. If, if that was the best I could do, yeah, I probably grin my teeth and bear it, but I, I'm just, I'm always going to be shooting higher than that. All right. There you go. Hope that answers that question. All right. Dynasty from the forums. Dalvin Cook, the aforementioned Dalvin Cook, and Michael Thomas, or oh, Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson. <laughs> oh, man, this is <laughs> tough for me, man. My, um, how the world has changed on us Right, here. right. I mean, if you were to ask this last year, you're talking about a wide receiver who almost made it to the second round, and you're talking about a player who hasn't come out of college yet. Uh, uh, I'm going Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson. Oh, there it is. And I'm not happy about it. You can, if you ask me this tomorrow, I might change my mind. I mean, I could go deeper into why, but it's just really, I mean, we, we know, we know Dalvin Cook is an unknown. We know that he's behind a bad offensive line. We know that, uh, there is competition, even though you mentioned that it's not very great competition in Latavius Murray and Jared McKinnon. We, we have one season of Michael Thomas, who I love so far. Uh, he was like my fourth or fifth best wide receiver prospect last year, but uh, after one year, he's my my best wide receiver prospect. Sammy Watkins is like my homeboy. Uh, he went to L.A. I don't think the drop from Buffalo to L.A. is as bad as most people think. And Allen Robinson, yeah, he's paired up with Blake Bortles, but it's the same thing that I said last year about Sammy Watkins is He's not paired up with Rex Ryan forever. He's paired up to Rex Ryan until Rex Ryan gets fired. 
So just like, and then he goes to maybe a worse situation than Rex Ryan and Tyrod Taylor. But Allen Robinson is paired to Blake Bortles until he gets fired, and then they upgrade the position. Whether it's this year, probably not, unless they get Kaepernick or trade for Tyrod Taylor, which has been rumored, or they draft a a, a high quarterback next year or get a great free agent quarterback, maybe Kirk Cousins, you never know. Um, so I, I, I'm just going on talent. I know that's not like a great, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to back it up with numbers, which I am on Rotoviz, so you would think I would try to. I just think Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson are more talented than the previous two. Okay, fair enough. All right, now, Carl, you, you, if you've ever heard this show, it seems like I'm always asking the guests a question that's going to kind of put them on blast in some way, shape, or form. So I figured, you know what, maybe I, I should do something different and actually let the guests put something up on a pedestal or share a good thought for once, right? That might be the pro move here. So, Carl, what is your favorite memory? So I'm offended that you wouldn't try to put back me into a corner because, like, hey, I come on this show <laughs> to, like, argue. I want, an ar- I want to argue with you. You want to give me your favorite memory? How about let's talk about why Jarvis Landry is a good NFL wide receiver? Um, all right, oh, so. Stop, stop. No. <laughs> we can do that if you want. So, um, my favorite memory. So, like, look, man, I'm not like you. I don't have a wife or kids. So, like, I don't know. Like, I try, I genuinely tried to think about this and couldn't come up with it. So, I'm going to answer the question a little bit differently than you asked. I'm going to give you two examples of my favorite memory. One as a sports fan and one as a fantasy writer. Sports fan, my favorite memory as a sports fan, and this is just going to show you how miserable it is being a fan of any Washington, D.C. team. (laughs) My favorite memory is actually week two, 2005, uh, the Redskins against the Cowboys. We were down, or I say we, I I don't like to say we. The Redskins were down um, 13 to nothing late in the fourth quarter. Mark Brunel threw two Hail Mary touchdowns to Santana Moss. Um, glorious, glorious night, but you ask anybody from Boston or, or New York or anywhere in Texas, they probably have better, uh, sports memories. And then I was thinking of my favorite memory as a writer, and this is probably going to come as a surprise to you. Uh, but my, my moment when I thought I made it now are your and my quote unquote made it is going to be a little bit different than like, Evan Silver or Matthew Barry or, you know, people like that, obviously. But it was very early on in my writing career, and it was when Zach Law asked me to uh, ask to interview me. And that was kind of like, I don't know if you remember, I know you've been on Twitter a long time and you've been in the community a long time. He used to do the, you know, the interviews with mm-hmm. everybody. And I'm like, hey, I'm in that group that Zach Law wants to interview me. And I know it seems really minor in retrospect. But at the time, I'm like, hey, I'm in that group now. And I thought that that was really cool. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think for me, because in really, you know, I, I pretty much do the Rotoviz football mailbag right now. Uh, I've got a foot in the door here. This is about what I do um, as, as life rolls on, right? Maybe I'll come back in a little bit heavier again in the future, hopefully, right? But that was a pivotal moment for me as well, was once you get that that email or that Twitter message from Zach Law that says, hey, here's here's a bunch of questions I'd like you to answer. And I'm with you 100%. You went, boom, wow, I hypothetically made it, right? Yeah, and I've had, like, 
quote unquote bigger things since then. Um, but at the time I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm in this group of guys that, that, um, are fantasy football writers that Zach wants to talk to me. And like, he's such a normal guy that's just doing a normal thing, but it was kind of symbolic at the time. Absolutely. 100. All right. 14 team redraft, Carl. PPR from the forums. Have you used zero RB in a 14 team draft? If so, how does your roster look? And, uh, oh, that's it. The draft is this weekend. Good luck, dude. Oh, I have used zero running back in a 14 team. Oh, not in a redraft. Uh, it was dynasty. I don't know. I guess I'm not doing it in a redraft. Um, I love, 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 love zero RB in dynasty. I just can't get, I just can't get on board and redraft. I really can't. I think a lot of what makes zero RB worthwhile is the volatility year to year. And I know it can work in, in, uh, in redraft, but it's just not my strategy. Yeah, fair enough. I think if you do do it, um, I think it is feasible in a 14 team. It's just, you know, you're obviously in a 14 team draft. Definitely don't wait until the seventh round. You're going to kick it up to maybe the fifth round, uh, sixth round at the absolute latest. But I think a good range, if this is the route you're going to go, fifth round with, uh, the Bilal Powells of the world, um, you know, I think you can, you can pluck off a few running backs there and be fine because it is 14 teams. Everybody is going to have a roster spot somewhere. That is going to be weak. So that's ironically. Right, that's very actually, important. That's yeah. very important of you to say, too. Yeah. So if somebody is going to have a weakness, and I'd rather that weakness be at like the RB2. So I think that's where I might justify a zero RB type of approach even more. So I can solidify, uh, you know, four guaranteed roster spots at the wide receiver position, throw in a, a, a boss tight end in there, and then you, you're all going to be fighting over over chips in the waiver wire anyway, so why not do it August inherently? 25th is not when you want to worry about who your RB2 is. <laughs> no, no, nor should we maybe have waited till August 25th for our draft strategy. But, hey, you know what? Not everybody is completely insane like you and I, Carl, following football 365. All right, Carl, fuck, Mary kill. And, uh, oh, this is not the Jam Band edition. This was last week. So I'm giving you the shitty quarterback edition, Carl. So here we go. What was the Jam Band edition? Oh, let's see here. That was between the uh, Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews Band, and Rusted Roots. Mm. That was that, that was what our, our buddy Harmon did last week, and he, okay. he answered them correctly. I'll tell you that much. I'll take Grateful Dead uh, to marry our fuck. Uh, I don't know. Sublime. Can I just add those in? Sure. It almost hits the jam band, and 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 the way you just said what you said, and then your noise you made afterwards, it pretty much kind of nailed it right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on to Blake Bortles, Chad Henney, and Brock Osweiler. My goodness. What's I might have, I might have a similar. Similar noise to make for my body with it. Can I just kill all three of them? I I don't I don't see why not. I don't know. I do think I really already... have to play this game? They all suck. Dude. They all suck. Nope. You've got to do it. You've got you've got to you've got to do one of them. You I want the kid. One. I want the kid. What's the kid's name? Um, that's the third string for the Jaguars. I want him. That's a great question. I should know that, but I don't. No, no. And actually, I'm I'm not even kidding. I really I I watched him play. Uh, throughout this preseason, and he's playing right now. Unfortunately, he's been like my favorite player to watch, and 
Um, luckily, I have it recording, and I can go down and watch it when I'm done. But I, I literally really do like that kid. Um, I don't want anything to do with any of these quarterbacks. I, I don't know how to answer this question better for you. All right. Well, then, here, let me give you at least this much. All right. Which one would you like to kill the most? Brock Osweiler. I, but, like, I really want to punch him in the face first. <laughs> like, really, he has a very punchable face. We we can't just kill him. We we have to make sure we clock him first. Once we can get him right there in the nose, then then it's okay. Brandon Allen is who I'm talking about. I like that kid. I think he could end up starting a few games this year. Boom. All right, there it is. Deep sleepers, Q, two QB guys. All right, another one. Dynasty. This is a good one. Kareem Hunt or Willie Sneed? It's Willie Sneed. I think that Kareem Hunt love has gone a little bit overboard. Sneed stands to be the wide receiver two on a prolific offense. I did some uh, comparables on Pro Football Reference. If you suspend a little bit of dis- disbelief that Sneed wasn't a rookie uh, when he his quote unquote first year with the Saints, uh, if you treated him as a rookie, he would have had pr- pretty historic rookie numbers. So I really like Willie Sneed. Uh, that, that's all I have to say about it. And I think Green Hunt's just, just a little bit overrated. I like Spencer Ware still. Tarkandrick West isn't anything special, but he's going to still get carries. Um, Kareem Hunt's not my cup of tea, not at his ADP. All right. We're answering all of your fantasy football questions this week with Carl Safchik of Dynasty One. So pay attention. Hey, Rotovis fans, I want to take a minute to tell you about our friends at the FFPC who are celebrating their 10th year as the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. If you love the best ball format, the FFPC has you covered. The popular FFPC Draft Experts League started just a $35 entry fee and go up to $1,250 for the high rollers. Drafts are filling fast, so you won't have to wait long for your league to fill. Now, if that's not enough, the FFPC has introduced a brand new concept to season-long double-up best ball leagues with 100% payout. Yep, you heard that right, 100% payout. Simply draft in a $35 or $250 entry FFPC Draft Experts League, finish in the top half of the league at the end of the season, that's the top six teams, and you will double your entry fee for the next year. Double-up leagues are the best deal in fantasy, so get on them now and start drafting. Do not miss the FFPC experience, folks. Go to MyFFPC.com. Register now. That's MyFFPC.com. Join your fellow players today at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. We're back answering all your fantasy football questions with Carl Savchik of Dynasty One. Jumping right back in, Carl. Best ball. I realize that I haven't drafted much Tyrell Pryor and Isaiah Crowell this offseason, only a couple shares. I just can't seem to pull the trigger on either player when I'm on the clock in those ranges. Do I need to make a concerted effort to get either one on a few more teams? Uh, I, I'm guessing this is Tyrell Pryor. Yeah, I, I think I think both players. Excuse me, Carl. <laughs> no, no, no. You you pronounced it correctly with the way that the, the 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 question was asked. I mean, the guy spelled it wrong to begin with. 
Um, hey, I'm just lucky to get some Maj P Ryan back now. You know, I think I was calling oh, a you Perrine. can get that right on the first try. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna have me be mad at you. No, I didn't uh, get it right on the first try. I'm not. I'm, I didn't get it. I'm bad. <laughs> um, I think both are in for pretty decent seasons. Uh, Isaiah Crowell is only a redraft buy for me. He's not a dynasty buy. Terrell Pryor. I know the hype is kind of out of control. I don't know that it's out of control enough. I'm being completely honest. I'm usually the guy that's like, sell the guy that the hype is too high on. I think that he could be in for a huge, I think he could be a top eight, top 10 wide receiver. And I don't think it's like that unlikely. Very good. Yeah. And, and one of the things I like to do this time in the offseason is take a look at these early down running backs like the Isaiah Crowells of the league and find the arbitrage play. And it seems like this year, the arbitrage play for Isaiah Crowell is, you know, sure, you can take Adrian Peterson, but then who's the arbitrage for that? I think it might be Terrence West, man. I don't like Terrence West. Yeah. I'm not a fan of him as a runner by any means. But, I mean, really, what is the difference between Isaiah Crowell and Cleveland and, and Terrence West and Baltimore? And I think you got much ado about the same thing there. And if you can get West at a four-round discount, why not? So, yeah, I'll, tell you the dif- I'll tell you the difference between the two. One was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Browns. The other was an undrafted free agent by the Cleveland Browns. True. Good point. Well, well, one of them does have an elite quarterback, I might add, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl. What was the worst job you ever had? So I've had a lot of bad ones. I'm like the Mike Rowe of jobs. I've done uh, busing, when I, bu- busing tables when I was like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I worked in a car wash. Uh, twice a year, we had to clean the pit. That is worse than any dirty job I've ever seen Mike Rowe do. But the worst job I ever had was when I was 14 years old, I was a carpet cleaner. And that wasn't so bad other than my boss was, um, I think probably clinically insane, but he was like uber religious and he would keep me for, and he drove, I was 14 years old. So he picked me up from my home and drove me home at the end of the night, but he would keep me for hours on end reading scripture, which, Hey, if you're, if you're a Christian, Muslim, Jew, anything, you know, by all means, I'm not saying anything bad about that. But this is time I was not getting paid for, and he would just keep me after reading me scripture. And I'm like, dude, I'm getting paid six bucks an hour. Like, please just take me home so I can play video games. <laughs> you should you should have just spilled some Kool-Aid on the carpet. It would have come <laughs> right back around full circle on everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, redraft. Sammy Watkins has dropped to a fifth-round pick, and I was taking him in the third round. I get that golf kind of sucks, but doesn't Tyrod as well in a real football sense? What am I missing? Uh, I think this person hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I Look, I like Tyrod. That's not, I'm not here to bash him. I don't think that there's a two-round difference from his stock right now. Yeah, I, I'm actually with you here. I my my hot take is I don't think Sammy drops off too much. I I think things are going to be starting to turn around a little bit for St. Louis. Not like they're going to be above a top fifteen offense or anything, but I think it's certainly well enough to let Sammy sustain value here. So yeah, if, if you're going to give him to me in the fifth round, I'm going to take him there all day long. All right, Carl. Movie in a uh, movie within a movie time. There we go. Take. 
one movie's cast of characters, pick them up, and move them to a completely different movie's plot. What's a new movie, and how does it play out? So I actually put some thought in it. These are the ty- these are the type of questions that I like. This is why I come over to visit radio, <laughs> so I could do this. But let me ask your permission. Can I take uh, movie characters and put them into a iconic TV show? I, I will afford you the creative empowerment, yes. Thank you, sir. Uh, I would take the cast of Reservoir Dogs, the characters and everything, and put them into the TV show Cheers and just have like these (laughs) super gangsters just sitting around the bar talking shit to each other, you know, as they don't really like each other. Kind of like in the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs when they're sitting at the diner talking about, you know, tip etiquette. Are you are you familiar with the movie? A hundred percent, and I freaking okay. the, the the idea is brilliant. I'm already picturing Mr. Orange and Mr. Black going at it about what tip etiquette right now. And Mr. and Mr. Pink isn't tipping, and everyone's mad at him for it. it man, I'm impressed, Carl. And I gotta say, I was putting a two to one odds that this was going to involve Fight Club. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, you're only really getting two characters, and. Then again, really only one character. I don't know how, how you could have done that. <laughs> true, very true. All right, redraft. Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones, or Ted Ginn? Zay Jones for me. Oh, God, I love Zay Jones. What The opportunity is going to be ridiculous for him. Like, he doesn't even have to be good. He's going to get, like, 80 targets at the very least. Ooh, man, I, I'll tell you what, that passion right there, that's how show titles are born, my friend. So. <laughs> That's it, right? Do you disagree? There. Dude, I mean, I, I don't see, I don't see any way he gets less targets than any of these two players. Or... No, I don't. I mean, I might have been a little skeptical before Bolden retired, but now, sure, I mean, sure. come, come on, where, where are they going to go? The ball, it's, it's an automatic. Has to be Zay Jones here. I don't know about Nelson Aguilar. I actually like Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn as a flyer. I think he's going to give you some very productive top twelve weeks yeah. every third week. Uh, but yeah, Zay Jones, I think, is going to be that that steady steed, giving you, you know, definitely nothing uh, crazy every week. But if he's going to come in and show up and give you ten to twelve points on a weekly basis, I think that's just fine, right? Sure, absolutely. All right, redraft. What's the earliest you would draft JJ Nelson to ensure you get him on your team? With everything we've heard on John Brown's sickle, uh, John Brown sickle cell, uh, might that be the play? Uh, I like J.J. Nelson a lot. Um, I don't know where he's going, so I'm guessing, like, if I'm thinking, like, an MFL pen, um, which I have no idea what they're like this year since uh, my fantasy league decided not to follow the paperwork in Maryland, but that's another story for another episode. I'm thinking, like, maybe 16th? Does that does that seem yeah. a little early, or does that seem about right? Yeah, he's been a, he's been going in the 16th, 17th area right there. So let's say, uh, based on this question, would you take him as high as say the the 12th or the 13th? No, no, I would I would say 15th to 16th at the earliest would be about right. Okay, all right, Carl. Here here it is right here, putting you in a corner. Your most embarrassing moment. Oh, so I look. I've been wanting you to put me in a corner, and this is like the. The, the least putting in a corner. I, I don't get embarrassed about anything. I really don't. Like, oh, God, like, I do embarrassing shit, but, like, I don't, I don't think I get embarrassed. Oh, okay, you know what? Oh, I, I finally, got, it came to me. I prepared for this show, right? And then the, the answer actually comes to me. The most embarrassed I think I've ever been, and it's been on a few occasions, is when I found out the next day that I slept long the night before. That's kind of embarrassing for me. 
Now, is it sleepwalk because you were sleepwalking, or is it sleepwalk because it was more like a black walk, a blackout sleepwalk? That's an more, important distinction. No, it's more the former. So every time I did drink the night before, but not blackout drunk, it was um, like you know totally within my right mind, and I I legit slept sleepwalked. Wow, I don't think I've ever slept. Now my daughter has done it one time. It was probably the most funny thing I've ever seen in my life. But I've never slept walk. So, yeah, so I think did, it's only been like three or four times for me. Um, and each time, it, like, they were like, so why were you in my room? And I'm like, what are you talking about? That, that's, that's, that's legit embarrassing for me. Other than that, like, if I trip and fall down some stairs, like, I'll laugh with you. Like, yeah, I deserve to be laughed at. I'm okay with that. So that was it. You were just meandering aimlessly around the house. You weren't, like, putting pillows in the oven or anything like that? I think, and I'm going to be totally honest with the uh, Roto, Roto-Viz crew, I, I think I actually, when I sleepwalk, and I think it's only been like three times in my life, I think I urinated in weird places. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm going to have to join you on this one, Carl. So true story, I was probably like 19 years old, not supposed to be drinking yet, but, you know, drinking, needless to say. And it was it was one of those moments where you might, you know, do keg stands or something to that, you know, what the kids do these days, right, Carl? And uh we were sleeping in a tent. It was it was me and my girlfriend at the time, actually now my wife. <laughs> Surprised she's my wife after all of this. We were in uh one of the two tent rooms and my buddy and his girlfriend were in the other. And apparently sometime in the middle of the night, the other couple ends up going, Oh my god! Jeremy, you're pissing in the tent. Uh, what? What? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I look down, and sure enough, I'm pissing in the tent. And were you sl- were you sleep? Were you laying down? No, I I apparently got up to pee in the corner of the uh... tent. And and we were on the higher like it was just 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 barely on on a hill, a slant. And of course, the other couple was in the other. So so I'm the one who did the pissing, and they're the ones that got wet. So you were pissing in their tent. No, I was in the tent. We all shared the same tent. Oh, it was a two-room tent, and it just kind of, oh. guess, I guess it trickled down into there. You're the worst, dude. <laughs> this is factually correct. So, yeah, I think that was the last time I ever did keg stands, Carl. <laughs> Redraft. Everyone called me crazy when I said that either Benny Cunningham or Tariq or Tarek Cohen, I don't know that one, Carl, could impact. You would think I would, as a Bears fan, know it's Tariq Cohen. So I'm going to go with Tariq Cohen. Could impact Jordan Howard's production and make him potentially bust at his current ADP in redraft. I know I shouldn't put too much into the preseason, but what are your thoughts on drafting either one of these guys late? Uh, for me, it would be Cohen. Uh, I don't think that either of them will make Jordan Howard a bust. Every single player has a backup in this league. Uh, I don't think Tariq Cohen or Benny Cunningham is going to make uh, Howard be a lesser player. If he's a bust, if he ends up being a bust, I don't think it's going to be either of those players' fault. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I don't even i I don't take Jordan Howard. I haven't. I just I just can't do it in the first round. But I don't think even if he quote unquote bust, I think he's still gonna you know unless he gets injured put forth like a third or fourth round value, right? And maybe Cohen gets in there for some change of pace work. But, yeah, that's that's about it. He's nothing more than a, a dark horse on a dynasty board at this point. All right, Carl, your worst date you've ever been on. I thought I thought a lot about this one as well. I couldn't think of a genuinely bad date I've been on. 
uh, I, I genuinely, you know, like meeting new people, especially of the opposite sex. Um, but one moment from a date stuck out. And that was, I was on a, a sort of like a blind date. Um, I was with this girl. We had a good time for the most part. We decided to, uh, step out to the outdoor bar uh, for our last drink and we were sitting outdoors. And I shit you not, Jeremy, a bird relieved itself on my arm. I had a huge splat of bird poop on my <laughs> arm. Now, is it, you're going to have to explain to me again the timing of this, this bird plop, right? Like, were you guys in the middle of like a deep, intimate conversation? Were you in the middle of trying yes. to, trying no, to? Uh, no, I was, I, I, it's not as if I was reaching in for a kiss or anything like that. It was definitely. <laughs> Deep, intimate conversation, looking in each other's eyes and just, it was shocking at first. It was, I don't know what just happened. Like, did a nuclear bomb go off on my wrist? Um, but no, it was a nuclear bird shit and it was like <laughs> purple and white. Oh my goodness. I mean, what was her reaction? That's the important thing. Did she try to play it off cool? Like, oh, it's okay. Or was she just trying to not crack up? uncontrollably. I, I think there was a, a, a tiny bit of laughter, but I think she was genuinely like like concerned, like, wow, that really sucks for you and your shirt. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's uh, that that definitely sucks, or drops. Either way you look at it. Uh, last but not least, Carl, give me a bold prediction. 2017 bold prediction. It's never too early, never too late. So this is like, if People didn't understand the NFL. This isn't going to sound bold, but for all your listeners, obviously, they do understand the NFL. My bold prediction is the Rams aren't going to be that bad. The Rams' skill position players aren't going to be that bad. Todd Gurley is going to be okay. Jared Goff will be top 25-ish in uh, fantasy. Uh, players like that, Cooper Cup is going to make a little bit of a little bit of noise. Um, Sammy Watkins will be okay. He won't be a wide receiver one, but he'll be up in that conversation. It, it, it won't be a complete disaster. That's my bold prediction. Yep, I'm with you there, and I'm 100% rooting for it so we can all look back and say, Jeff Fisher, this was all your fault. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do in my life is blame Jeff Fisher. <laughs> that's, like, that's it. My this my whole bucket list is just blame <laughs> Jeff Fisher for everything. Yep, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast. If you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, submit those via email, rotovisradio at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, that's it. Or on Twitter at rotovisradio. Use the hashtag RV Mailbag. Carl, man, thanks for carving out the time, coming on the show. Any last-minute plugs? Uh, just... Yeah, just listen to the show, Dynasty One Podcast. Boom, there it is, Dynasty One Podcast. Hit him up and hit him up on Twitter. He is definitely active and definitely uh, willing and able to answer your questions. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, again, at Carl Safchik. That's Carl with a K. And don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes, people. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. 
We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm one of those guys that needs a hearing aid, but I don't want to get a hearing aid because then I have to listen to everything my wife says, actually. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. You know, good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. I literally hooked my microphone up in my car. I put the, or not the, or the uh, USB, hooked it up in my car, and I broadcast from my car. <laughs> So all my settings are different. And I had somewhere to be, too, and we didn't even start till like, 45 minutes after we were going to start. Oh, so I, I literally drove while, and I'm holding my Blue Yeti while I'm driving. <laughs> so, something about this just doesn't sound safe. I mean, you're still, you got your eyes on the road, right? So that's cool, but... Of course, but I don't even like having headphones on when I drive. Carl, what what is it about the quote tweet, queep, uh, queep, queep, the quote queef? That sounds good. Quote tweet where somebody disagrees with you, but not only do they disagree with you, it's okay to disagree with me, but right. they feel the the significance and the necessity to quote tweet you into their timeline to disagree with you and show everybody else that follows them I, how they how they disagree with you. I don't think people look at Twitter the same way you and I. You know, I don't think that people think there even is a Twitter etiquette and even if they think that there is they don't understand it <laughs> so yeah, good, good call. oh yeah and then of course the porn bots gotta come in and like it so then you gotta go through and clean out the porn bots that's fine. you gotta go in and check out all the pic- oh wait what were you saying <laughs> okay let me go to the bathroom first and based on your last show I was wondering if you were gonna take your blue yeti with you is this the break this is the break, yeah. Can I go grab a beer? Absolutely. Grab one for me. That's awesome that you do yoga, man. No, you're not the weird one, but I actually don't do yoga. It's just made for good radio. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.